Dave. Matt, I am so excited that this interview is finally seeing the light of day. We talked to At the great long Beth last. Malone. Yes. We talked to the Beth great Malone. Beth Malone. And she is a dream. And I think that there there are mo- there are incredible moments in this interview, but there are a few that I felt in my gut. Like so much great stuff about just knowing what is absolutely obvious about yourself and investigating it in every conceivable way other than saying, you know what, I, I think I'm gay. Let's 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 get on. Sure. <laughs> just like lurking and exploring and just mm-hmm. hanging out in queer spaces just to see what they're all about. I, sure. I resonated with me very strongly. And I think it will with you too, listener. Uh, Beth Malone is our guest today. I'm very excited. Yes. We love her. We love her. We love her. We'll love her to death. Um, I need to tell you that I feel violated and betrayed. Oh, uh, what by you. are you going through? Not by you. But today huh? I went for another COVID test um, because here in Los Angeles, they uh, they are free. Yeah. Um, and, and you've been and very good, by the way, about getting tested. I have been. I have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben and I are kind of trading off. It, one, like one of us will get tested every 10 days or so because it's there. Um, yeah. And so this will have this was my third today. The first two, uh, very standard cheek swab, you know, kind of a situation. The only the only problem was a little bit of a weight the first time. Second one, you know, a little bit less of a weight today. Breezed right up to the to the front of the line at the forum. I had an 11 o'clock appointment. I was off and running at 11 sharp. Um, however, as they handed me my test, they said, this is the nasal swab. Uh-oh. They they did a little switcheroo on me today, Matt McConkey. The one thing that I was terrified about came to pass today, which is- Because you've never done, you've only done this, the cheek swab. Only done the now. cheek. Only done the cheek. Did the one uh, blood test for the antibody today, stabbed in the face. Um, and I know it's supposed to be the more accurate one, but I'm I'm so scared to do it. Yeah, I was too. And I'm glad I didn't know about it until I was there because I would have felt like a jerk for turning around. Also, I couldn't turn around because you're in these lines and they're coned off and whatever. Um, But yeah, they, um, you do it yourself, which I'm happy about. Um, Because if it were somebody else stabbing my face, I would be very upset about it. But they, they do, they give you a very long kind of bendy, type q-tip um you tilt your head back you jam it in there and then Uh, it takes like i was afraid that i was going to like feel it poking against my brain um but it takes it turns south and it goes down down the back way oh god so you put it in a nostril you stick it all the way down and then you Uh, go round and round you make little circles for 10 seconds 10 seconds 10 seconds matt i'm not finished then you pull it out Stick it in the other nostril. Go no! Swirl around around 10 more seconds. Then then it's out. Then you put it in the in the vial of solution. Then you throw it in the bin. And uh, during those 10 seconds, are you in pain? Or what is the sensation? N- n- you're a little bit just lying back and thinking of England. And it's not, it's not super... It's not super painful. It's definitely uncomfortable. It's definitely unfamiliar. But it, it didn't really hurt. So I'm glad mm. I did it. And I'm here to tell you, if you are faced... With the nasal swab, it's not the worst thing in the world. Okay. Um, okay. And then I guess sometime tomorrow I'll find out what the deal is. But I haven't really left my house, so I can't imagine 
that I'm in that much trouble. But yeah, I was I was really alarmed and I was really freaked out. And for sure, I like I put my mask on um, for the whole thing. And when the woman said it's a nasal swab, I think just in my eyes, she saw the panic and she was like, it's OK, it's OK. So like I was definitely like telegraphing incredible panic, but it really was not that bad. Go ahead. Whew. You have the opportunity. Stab your own face. All right. All right. I got to do it. You I mean, I haven't left my home either, so I am I, also fine, but I, yeah. it's, it's the right thing to do. But as with all things, it's better to know. It's just better yes. to know. Um, you know, speaking, speaking of, of better to know. <laughs> and first times. Yeah. We're, it's time, you know, we've been doing this show for three years now. Mm-hmm. There, there are things we don't know about each other, and there are things that maybe our listeners don't know about us or each other. Certain yes. things we don't know about our listeners. We would like to start involving our listeners in the show up top. We're going we're to try this out. We're going to see how this goes. We want to, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've been, we've been hearing stories from, uh, from our guests, from incredible queer folk. Um, we now want to start telling our own stories and hearing yours. Um, we're going to start, with a very simple category, a, a simple yet difficult category, which is my first time, my first yep. time. stories of our first times. Um, we're going to tell you ours over the coming weeks. Um, listener, if you would like to be a part of the show, lay your stories on us. You can be as uh, as anonymous as you choose to be. Uh, send us a little voice message on our on our Instagram, on our uh, on our Twitter. DM us with the audio details that we are dying to know. And yeah, uh, keep it you know in the in the one minute range. Uh, sure. Let's be reasonable, Unless it's but real juicy. Sure, but but do know uh, that that juicy you know we word. we oh well, it might be the right word, but we will we will play it on the show um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, there's email also we should tell people. The email is, is homophiliapod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Homophiliapod at gmail.com. But, at gmail.com. But you know you where to find us. You can give it to us text. You can give it to us audio. Give it to us however yeah. you choose. Tell us your first um, time, your first hookup, your first uh, time of, you know, full, I don't know, penetration or, or, whatever. or, 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 or whatever orgasm with another person. Yes. To you. Whatever, whatever that means, means to you. you. Now, it would be rude if we kicked this off without, you know, jumping in That's ourselves right. first. So, so there, do we shoot for it? Do we do we rock, paper, scissors? What do we do? I, I'm going to just lower the bar up front and let you know that mine is a true non-story. For someone who's oh, known yeah. for non-stories, this is the, the non-est of non-stories. So, uh, I, whether I... So to you now, tell, maybe I should wait till next week so I can make something up and invent something. Okay, whatever, whatever. So what do you? Do what do you? What about you? Yeah. Tell us Mine, yours. Well, I mean, I guess there's a couple different firsts. I mean, there's like there's the you know fumbling thirteen year old at a sleepover story, mm-hmm. and then there's like the first sort of proper, you know, slightly older person hooking up with intention right at around 18. Right. I, you give me some direction here. Well, and well, is, I, I don't know if we, if the 13 year old one is it gross of us to, uh, you know, expand on that story. 
I'm assuming it was with a fellow 13 year old. No, he was 38. No, of course, yeah, it was. And <laughs> I think he was like 14. He was a friend down the street. He was like 14. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I vaguely remember. You have referenced him before, but I don't know about the actual incident. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. The hell with it. We're diving in. We're diving. Okay. In. Okay. It's it's the summer of 1984. I'm 13. <laughs> um, and uh, I had a friend down from down the street who was a year or two older, and um, and I slept over at his house. And okay, and I remember this. Like his his parents were kind of loosey goosey, right? Like I mm. I had seen his mother fully naked a couple of times. Like oh. I would I would hang out there and I'd be there like at 10 o'clock and she'd be doing the dishes just like fully naked. And she'd be like, oh. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What, doing yeah. the dishes fully naked? She So she doing wanted to naked. see, for you to see her? Well, I think that she thought that she had the kitchen to herself and maybe the kids were off doing their own thing, which we were, but I passed through for whatever reason. This is on a couple different occasions. And, well, I know the story's um, not about her, but I that to no. me already is a very strange detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely, I was... I was like, okay, we're in we're in a more adult space here than yeah, I, than yeah. I used to be, right? So, um, so I spent the night over there, and we, you know, this is this is early puberty, right? And uh, and we we had rented his parents would let him rent R rated movies, as you might imagine, Ooh, from parents who uh, do the dishes nude. Um, so we rented Risky Business, uh, which is uh, a very a very sexy movie. Even for an adult, kind of a sexy movie, but for a thirteen-year-old, mm-hmm. almost too much to handle. And and we raided um, his father's liquor cabinet, and we made ourselves cocktails that were gin and diet slice. Oh, which which tasted horrible. Doesn't sound that bad to me, but okay. yeah, now now I would do it. Now I would do it, but a thirteen-year-old, it was it was far too sophisticated a, a beverage. So yeah, um, so we like had sips off of that. And then got into a conversation about about like sex and whatever. And then and then suddenly, because it was just the two of us down in the finished basement, it was like there suddenly sex was in the air. It was like uh-huh. it, it was in the equation. Like we were it was it was a thing to be discussed, right? And I'm sorry to interrupt you. Describe him to me. Was is what 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 sort of like social category is he in? Um very, very uh proto bro. Very, you know, 14-year-old, you know, bro of the future. Uh, very handsome. He has gone on to um, the last, like, I didn't hear from him for years and years. And then he, like, reached out because he was doing a, a CrossFit benefit for cancer. And I was like, that is exactly this guy. That's exactly who this guy is. Enough said. For sure, okay. a CrossFit guy. Uh, definitely he knows his way around a kettlebell. And, uh, and you know, even even in 1984, I was like, he's going he's gonna to do burpees someday. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but handsome and, and more mature physically than I was at the time. And so he led the conversation towards like, have you ever fooled around? And I hadn't. And, and, uh, and then it just became like very clear that it would, that we were going to try some stuff. Right. And I don't know if you had this, uh, this thing happen when you're a teenager, but it's like, suddenly you just start quivering. Cause it's, yes. it's in the, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. And you're like a little bit afraid of it, but you are absolutely going to go through with it. 
So I'm going to spare the details because we were 13, but it was, it was, you know, cat, it was very easy breezy kind yeah, of, yeah. you know, just hand and mouth, hand kind of, stuff. you know, fumbling, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, and, um, but I will say this, I, afterwards, um, I was so completely racked with guilt Oof. that first of all, the first thing I remember saying <laughs> Oh, this is how much TV I was watching and how much of that TV was so poppers. I was like, we just made love. <laughs> Which we didn't. We didn't make love. We just made love. Oh. And then I, I immediately, the guilt manifested itself physically. I got like stomach sick. I got headache sick. It was like five in the morning by the time we like finished. And my house was just, you know, just up the street. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go home. And I went home and I, and I, I I was so sick that I was like, well, this is AIDS. We just oh, just God. made AIDS happen, oh, um, and I was I was terrified for years, really decades. Did, and did you? I don't know if that's a good story. If that's terrifying, it's a well, it's an incredibly relatable story and okay. uh, very well told. Okay. I I felt you big time, but did you? verbalize any of i mean i know i know there was this sort of like general talk of have you ever you know fooled around with anybody yeah but yeah was there any discussion of like oh wow we just did that or sort of only that really only that and he was i say a year maybe two years older and miles ahead of me maturity wise so i think he was just like yeah i'm a 14 year old boy and i'm getting off you know just was kind of i don't think he said that out loud but that, that was, was that was the vibe was like whatever this is what kids do i was so catholic that i was like this needs to be imbued with some sort of meaning yeah like it can't it can't just be casual fun between two young curious boys it has to like there has to be weight there have to be consequences yeah. to it you know um holy shit you know i don't think i would ever said that part out loud mm. that was that was a couple months of therapy right there wow um, and yeah, that was that was it did you also see each other? Did you hang out we, again? I no, because I made it weird. I I was not able to like hang around with him uh, mm. afterwards because it was just it was too much. Um, and then we moved away a year or two later, and I just kind of never really we didn't operate in the same circle, so I didn't really see him until he asked me to pay him, you know, ten cents, uh, uh, you know, kettlebell swing for cancer. Did you contribute to that? I'm pretty sure I did. I don't. I don't fully recall, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Um, yeah, that was it. Was it was an odd one? I wish I, you know, looking back, I wish I had just been like, yeah, I'm a fucking 13 year old boy. This, yeah, this, we don't need to invite the Holy Spirit into this moment. Did you? Uh, do you, I mean? Do you think that if he? Do you get the sense that he's tracking your career, listening to the show, reading know. your book? Oh, I'm sure he's not listening. I don't know. I don't know if he's. I don't know. I don't know about any of that. I'm not. I'm not really hmm. sure. I actually don't know where in the country he is right now. I know. I'm. I'm certain he's married. I, I'm. I'm pretty sure he has a couple kids. I don't. I, I don't get the 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 feeling that he grew up to be a gay person. I think he was just you know a horny fourteen yeah. year old. Hmm. Um, and God bless him. But don't you kind of wonder you if you saw him in person? If you know there might still be a little something there. Oh yeah, no, I would do it again. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I do also remember feeling. Like in the throes of it, like this is right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it felt it was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, this is this I do this. 
Yes. I, 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 like for the for the few fleeting moments that I was able to kind of lose my Catholic guilt, I was like, yeah, this is this. This makes sense. This makes and sense. Didn't you, didn't you also feel like, oh, yes, this this feels good and everything. But and probably all guys my age are doing it. But that doesn't say anything about what our identity is or how what we're going to grow up to be. This is just what all guys probably do. As yeah, no, that was yeah. No, that was too sophisticated a thought for me. Uh, well, no, I wasn't was sophisticated as much as delusional. You know? Yeah. No. No. I don't know. Yeah. I definitely. I felt like we were. We were through the. We were through the uh, the wardrobe into Narnia. We were in a <laughs> special new space. Wow. Where only he and I were. I can't believe I got through that without saying his name either. Anyway, um, that that was that was mine. Also, I it just real quick. I was not prepared for the amount of toweling off that was going to need to be done. Like it was, right. full, I was just like, Oh, this is, we need a full sheet. We need like, yeah, th- this is, this is a full cleanup job. Like we should get serve pro in here and just treat it like a crime scene. Yeah. Then normally Again, you'd be concerned doing. about like, what do we do with the towel after? How do we conceal all the evidence? But it seems like in yeah. that family, not, not, an issue no yeah no not an issue not an issue they were they were a little cooler a little less Catholic. Anyway, yeah well uh, thank my, you for sharing dave that is my a, face that is a riveting hot. that is an edge of edge of your seats uh <laughs> you know coming of age tale and i really appreciate see if I can it find this dude let me see if i can track uh, this dude down this yes. feels like a job for linkedin please we'll, secretly we'll deal with uh, that later show me his photo. But in the meantime, people, please send us your first time stories. Yeah. We'd love to share them on the air. We're nosy. If you are so inclined. Uh, and we also want to put another call out there to the people, which is mm-hmm. to, we never have done this before, but you know, it's been three years. Please go on Apple podcasts, rate and review five yeah. stars. Of course. Of course, it really does help get the word out to new listeners. So, so please do. Also, I mean, we have our log line, which is you know, what are you loving and who are you loving? But we bet you can do better. So, if you've got a log line idea, if you've got like a pithy one sentence for what this show is, lay it on us. Maybe we'll use it, and we'll read it and on the show for sure. We should read this one, sure. by the we'll way. Give you, oh yeah, we've got a five star review from I think last week from Stage Manager Allen. Who says oh, broadening? Always oh, those are our people. Broadening my world, and he says Matt and Dave keep me a little more current and a lot better in the know. I'm learning more about queer culture and more about my community. Also, Matt likes Jennifer Aniston. Introduced so this, introduced to this via JVN, Jonathan Van Ness, and glad to find a podcast that entertains and teaches. I mean. Dave, you do that's entertain. That's what we aim to do. You entertain and you teach. And I like Jennifer Aniston. And that's Stop what we're it. up to. You like Jennifer Aniston. And I talk about uh, teenage fumbling. Um, I love that one. Thank you very much, stage manager. And this stage manager has given us two. We got to get to our uh, interview with yeah. uh, with Beth Malone. She's Tony nominated for her role in Fun Home. She was the angel in Angels in America, uh, the unsinkable Molly Brown. She was off Broadway before the world burnt down. Um, she's uh, she is an absolute dream. You're gonna love her. Yes, enjoy Beth Malone.
Beth Malone, how are you? I'm fine. You know, I feel sort of guilty for as fine as I am. I'm sort of uh, sequestered away in a very beautiful place on earth. And um, it's lovely. And 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 I'm a very guilty person anyway. So it's just, it's just been just, I've lost sleep over it of how pleasant my life yeah. is. My situation is so pleasant right now. And, um, and uh, it's, it's, it's abject torture. Yeah. No, I, but listen, <laughs> if you, if you can, if you can find some comfort and some rest during this time, go for it. There's yeah. no guilt in this moment. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, there is um, guilt in this moment. We're three there's a lot people, of guilt. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, but we are, yeah. we're going to D.C. in August and we're going to march. Uh, we're going to go to the, the big march on Washington. Um, Good. Oh, great. In August. So, we, you know, we'll, we'll feel oh, like we're too. at least part of something at that point. But uh, it's been, yeah. everything is just very um, virtual right now. We've been watching sure. the whole world explode on our TV and we're sitting here and the birds are going chirp, chirp, chirp. It's like, wow, we are, we are just in a bubble yeah. and it's nice, Surreal. but it's also like, oof, it's a weird time. It's a very strange time to be sort of disconnected. It um, really is. But we stay also- disconnected so that we can like not put more stress on a stressed system. So we're like trying right. to do our part by not being part of the problem and all that stuff. So yeah, I was going to say, it's no easier or less strange a time to be connected. Mm, I'm it's, sure. It's pretty awful. <laughs> so I, uh, if you can unplug, unplug. Yeah. You know? we. Uh, what, is a, uh, what is a day in your life right now in quarantine? Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, today we're sort of like, well, should we go ride the horse or should we mountain bike? I don't know. Oh. I'm kind of sore from golfing yesterday. Yeah, okay. me too. I had to take I've, some Advil after a big hike I took yesterday up to the top of this mountain. And like, that's my life right now. It's really just, an, it's like a, a poo-poo platter of, of outdoor activities. And because there's so much space out here, you can go out and do anything and you don't run into people if you don't want to. And, um, you know, and everybody's wearing masks. Wow. So it's really... I mean, I'm telling you, I'm feeling guilt because it's it's really good. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've come around to your way of thinking on this. You should feel a small amount <laughs> Sorry. of guilt. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, you yeah. asked what a no, day of my life is. I'm like, well, yeah. we adopted a dog and a, this dog needs a lot. Uh, so, um, so she makes us go out and do all kinds of things. Oh, that's great. What kind of dog? She is a... Um, she's a, a miniature husky and a pomeranian mix which is a thing mm. i guess it's called a pomsky and that is we didn't okay. know because she's we're her third owner because she's a handful she really is a hot mess yeah. so we're the perfect parents for her because we have a lot of patience and a lot of time on our hands so we got this dog who is running our show right now oh i love it what's her name molly brown <gasps> Come on. Is that a coincidence? We, we, we looked in the paper and her name was Molly. We went down and, and we weren't, we weren't looking at her. We were looking at other dogs, but she came out and she was like, I'm your dog. You will take me home. And we took her home and her name is Molly already. So we just, we pretty much start calling her Molly Brown. And when she's terrible, which she is a lot, we call her full name, which is Margaret Tobin Brown. So that's, (laughs) that's when she knows she's in trouble. Yes. When she knows she's being bad. Oh, God. 
Are you crate like training she, or is it, or is it past that point now? No. Well, like we're, we're the kind of parents who like to have a really good, like user-friendly mountain dog because we do spend a lot of time up here in Colorado. So we're like off leash parents, um, on these hikes and stuff. And she's a dog who's like, has disappeared on us for half oh, hour, no. 45 minutes at a time. Um, we keep, we kind of think she loves us now. She'll come back. She knows her name. No, she's like, when she's in the zone of like, I will find that chipmunk and I will kill it. She doesn't know her name. She doesn't remember. She has parents. She's no, she's a wild animal. She like reverts back to like wild thing. She's um, unstoppable or unsinkable. She's unsinkable. Yes. She's very, very unsinkable, but she's, she's great. And it's been the best thing we could have done to adopt a dog during this time because we were sort of depressed we were sitting here sort of without, we were unmoored, kind of sitting here going, what are we going to? So we watched all of Game of Thrones. We watched all oh, of wow. it from beginning to end. We'd never seen a, a, a minute of it. So we did that. And then we were like, well, now what do we do? And so, you know, then we adopted a dog. So that's what's, oh, that's our current situation. <laughs> how how long... How, how, how dark did it get when you were binging Game of Thrones? In, in other words, what were the, did you have days where you're, you're, you pull a whole season? Uh, you know, we, uh, I think we watched four in a sitting at one point and that was as dark as we got because, you know, it's very rapey and <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of bludgeoning. So, you know, after about, you know, after a, four of those, you're like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. But, you know, it's weird. It's like there's a lot of stuff like you can't quite filter out the world, no matter how beautiful your life is and how much hiking you're doing. So I've been having just like really strange, toxic dreams. And this morning I was laying in bed and in that weird like dream state. And I was thinking about like how um, with words, our leader brings us down like to the very base part of our brains. Like he's taken the entire country and, and taken our, um, like ourselves to our lizard brain. Everyone is either pissed off and hates him, or they feel a lot of rage and self-righteous indignation. He's taken an entire country and, and lowered our, um, our humanity as a country and with words, with words and actions, he's done this. And what, what we need right now is somebody, because you know, what Obama did so beautifully was like elevate us to our better selves. He elevated us with his words because he was such a brilliant speaker and he was uh, an idealist, his politics. I mean, you can have, you can have all the, um, opinions you want about like how he how he did things and whether or not he was above board a hundred percent and all of this will come out and it it doesn't even to me it is it is less relevant than the fact that he made us a better country he made us better people he 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 brought us to our better selves and that is what a leader does that is what a leader does for a people. He unifies people. He didn't unify us. He really, really didn't. Um, Obama did not unify us, but this is what we need right now. We need someone who can, with their ideas and with their, uh, with 
language because language is so incredibly more powerful than uh, a bunch of SWAT gear. Um, we need somebody to elevate us and unify us with, with words. That's what we need because we are all human beings. We're all in the same situation. We have so much more in common than we have separating us. We have so much to lose if we don't figure this out. Someone has to put it, put it to us like that, I think. Is there someone or something in your life now that you look to uh, that, that elevates you and inspires you, whether it's someone on the public stage or in your own life? Well, when I really need to like go back and uh, like connect with hope and things like that, I, I, I love to go to like really amazing works of art because that's when you, you see what human beings are really capable of. Um, literature is amazing. Um, I just reread like Portrait of the Artist, the James mm-hmm. Joyce Portrait of the Artist, because um, it was in Fun Home and, and uh, Bruce Bechtel talked about it a lot. And just like the fact that so long ago, James Joyce was writing with this mindfulness that is able to connect to, um, you know, a 2020 middle-aged lesbian. It's just, it's like, it's very hope inspiring, you know, when you have that kind of, uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I, that's what we need. We need someone really way smarter than us who also has like a vision for the future and someone who, what, what Elizabeth Warren was talking about was so brilliant. She was saying, you know, of course she's very divisive and, and people just hate her because she's a woman and stuff like that. So it's not really what we need right now. This country as a whole doesn't need someone who is a polarizing figure just by who she is. Sadly. I mean, it, it, it I would have loved for her to be the nominee, but it, I, there was not, that was not going to happen. That was not going to happen after after what we have now. Um, anyway, I, I go on. I just like, of course, all we're thinking no. about is <sighs> I just want to know what it's going to be like in November when we wake up the morning after the election. It, it, we don't know what it's going to be like. It's either going to be one thing or the other, but I, I don't know. We have to rebuild from the ground up, just sort of like, you know, the Minneapolis police department, we have to re- we have to crush the whole thing yeah. down to little bits and rebuild from to the ground. reimagine the whole thing, I, and, right. but not not in a Bernie Sanders sort of way. Mm. I, I don't I don't know. It has to be someone egoless almost. We need we need the Dalai balance. Lama. We need the Dalai Lama. Is what we, we need. really do. We really do. Where is he? We also need. I think you know. Anytime anyone talks about any of the the Democratic candidates and talks about their tone or their personality or whatever. It's like, I think, I think one benefit that can come from the last four years is like, we can put that shit away. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we have, we've proven that people can vote somebody they don't like who will do the job. You know, Um, I just, I, it's, it's so strange to me, you know, talking to my more conservative family about, you know, because they would, I think like to vote for a Democrat, but they're, they're, you know, oh, well, this one's goofy and he talks weird and I don't like personality and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, guys, guys, we're children. you did it last time. We're children. Yeah. You know, it's like the voters are children. You have to really realize right. like, oh, 
It's like, mm, I don't like her. She's, I don't know, was that that suit she yeah. wore or something. It's like, oh wow, we are we are doomed. <laughs> We are super doomed because the bar cannot get any lower than it has been. It truly can't get any lower. Where were you election day 2016 or or the morning after? I was sitting here in Snowmass. It was November. So we like to come up here um, in these ski condos that we're sitting in right now. Um, There's these shoulder seasons before the holidays where we have to get out because we rent them. Um, And, you know, it was... Mm -hmm. The lifts are open and it's snowing and there's nobody sitting in these condos. It's really hard to be sitting in New York those times. So we're usually here in November. And we were sitting here with our one of our besties on the couch and we were sitting here ready to watch the whole, you know, we're ready to watch the first woman president be elected. Oh, God, and I know this is like everyone's story who sat there waiting for this day and then as it unfolded and just watching Rachel Maddow's face, that was like, part of the pain was just watching her realize it was, it was over was really hard to watch too, because, you know, she's, uh, she's all in, you know? So to watch that realization hit her was like all it was, it was doubly painful to realize that what it means, like what it meant, what it meant was that like 50%, 51% of the United States have have really uh, this set of you know, morals that just yeah. makes you weep. <laughs> but it's Are there, true. Like, and I, and I remember, yeah, I uh, I remember watching her, and then and the, you know, we had all. I was in a kind of a like a, um, a news war room kind of situation, and there there all of the news channels were on. And, oh, wow. and somebody on one of the networks said, you know, uh, backstage at the at the Hillary thing at the Javits Center, uh, Barbara Streisand and Lady Gaga are, are crying and they've just hugged each other. And it's like in my head, I w- like that and the Rachel Maddow thing. It's like for a huge chunk of the people who voted for him. That was yeah. the whole point. Just yeah. make just, yeah, we yeah. don't like those people. Make them cry. Yeah. Make yeah. them cry. This whole liberal tears thing is like it is an actual full world view. And that's a real that bummer. Is, and now, it now is a we real live bummer. With the consequences. When you have people who vilify people with college educations, people yeah. with um, artistic inclinations, uh, people who, you know, are environmentalists, the, when those people are the devil to 50% yeah. of the United States, when you see these monster trucks going by, it's like, I'm going to keep my guns. You could keep the change. You know, like that's a bumper sticker that was in my parents' driveway. This guy came to like take a stump out of the front yard. And that was on the bumper of his truck. When I pulled in, I was like, I don't know. I don't even get what that means. I don't follow the joke. (laughs) (laughs) You can keep the change. It was like, it was during the Obama administration. It's real crazy. We need change. We need change. Oh, I see. Keep the change. I see. I see. Okay. It was like, is he robbing a store? I don't get it. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's it's brutal. It it def yeah. I'm, but I'm nervous. We need we to have uh, like if Mother Earth could talk, if she could talk right now, you know, if she was a person and she could say, "Oh my God, you sons of bitches! I am so tired mm-hmm. and I am so sick." See this? This is behind me, Mother Earth. There she is. There, there she, she is. is. Beautiful. Beautiful. Zoom background is so beautiful. Yes. 
Um, Beth, what were you looking to for inspiration growing up? Who were the performers that you loved? What were the shows and movies and um, music that, that, you know, well, got you going? I was obsessed with Barbara, Barbara Mandrell. I was mm. obsessed with Barbara Streisand as well. I watched a lot of funny girl, a lot of funny lady when I, when VCRs came out, cause that's how old I am. Mm. You know, we would go down yeah. to the video store and rent funny girl and just like watch it back, you know, over and over. But also I would be renting a lot of uh, Christy McNichol movies without really understanding why I watched, okay. um, uh, little darlings. I watched that about 30 times before returning it to the video store. Um, Christy McNichol was like a uh, sort of a ring of keys moment for me when I was like, I like her. Of course. She was yeah. sort of a like, or Jodie Foster, like candle shoe for sure. Like I watched candle shoe once in a church basement sitting like cross-legged like this with my little friend in like third grade. And I was like, I feel funny. She makes me feel uh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> Jodie Foster made me feel there things. Were, and I was like, oh, I, I, I'm like her. She is, she's my people. I don't understand anything yet, but I know that person is important to me in some weird way. The seventies and eighties gave you some, some young lesbian icons. For sure. Oh my God. So many, so many things that were like, oh, like, you know, Tatum O'Neill and uh, Paper Moon. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Yes. And then you've got like a diff- what uh facts of life you had Joe. Uh-huh. Of course. Joe, uh-huh. the motorcycle fixing uh androgynous one who made uh-huh. you kind of go, "Hmm, this is this is sudden- this show suddenly got a lot better when Joe came along." Yeah, that first season <laughs> with all with all the girls in the in the dorm, it was chaotic. Yes, but you know, nobody was nobody was Joe. Nobody stood out until Joe entered the picture. And her, and like, um, let's see, somebody else. Like on Happy Days, there was like Pinky Tuscadero, and like the the tough, the butch, mm-hmm. the butches that came along, and you were like, hmm, I like girls that dress like boys. <laughs> yeah, something you about had your, that. Your Susie Quattro and your Joan Jett, and oh yeah, Joan Jett for sure. For sure, Joan Jett is still a badass. She's like an amazing like. Uh, social reformer to this day. She's, she's a badass. Truly. She's the real deal. An all timer. What are you, uh, what are you listening to right now? Music wise? Oh, I'm listening to a lot of Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> Great. And, um, I've been listening to, I've been going back and listening to the, um, the Dolly Parton super group where she was with, you remember oh, when Dolly the Parton? Trio. trio. Yes. The trio. Been listening to those girls a lot lately. And um, I, I sort of formed this um, three-part harmony girl group thing with some friends up here just to keep singing and keep working on things. Um, so we've been listening to a lot of a lot of stuff like that. And do you meet? Did you socially distance? And they've both had it. Sing together. So or? we don't have oh, wow. to socially distance because they're both. They both have the antibodies. So I don't. I'm not sure. I, I'll, I, although I will find out on Friday because I had I had the test. Uh-huh. But because they both have had it, I feel very safe to be like, come in my house. You know, sit on my couch. Here's you know a beer. Uh, I, I feel like they can't give it to me. If I haven't had it, which I may have had it, I don't know. We were very sick. The cast of Molly Brown um, 
we, I, I just did The Unsinkable Molly Brown off-Broadway, and we were in the middle of the run when we didn't go to work one day and haven't gone back since. So that's one of those, those horrible, you know, takes a long time to get a show into New York, and yeah. then finally got it there. And, uh, you know, but we've gotten a lot of awards because we were up just long enough for a lot of people to see it. So it's been <laughs> sort of this weird sort of uh, strange reality. I'm sitting here in Snowmass, and I'm like, oh, I was nominated for this. Oh, I was nominated for that. So it's just because it feels like it didn't happen. It feels like it never even happened. But then there's these awards that is evidence that it actually it actually happened. Um, it just, you know, takes so long to get a show up and all that rehearsal, all that rewriting, all that all those those workshops and those years and years of just trying to, you know, it's like pushing a boulder up a hill trying to get a show into New York. Um, and then right. to have it finally fully realize and then close so fast, it was like, oh, the reactions were sort of um, all over the place. Some people were like, well please reopen and other people were like no you know yeah. but uh it is what it is you can you can only be grateful that we got to open in the first place like unlike uh nine or something that was literally at places for their opening night and then got shut down you know it was like really bad for them or company company who was just about to open right. and then never got to open so we feel we have to feel sort of fortunate that we we got a run like we ran for about i don't know four or five weeks so feel fortunate so what uh, for 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 the ignorant what happens then to to broadway and off broadway is it frozen and then you sort of pick up or no, do no. people have leases on theaters that they will just well, the theater owners like, themselves, it, have, you know, they, they have to deal with, um, uh, you know, losing all the revenue of having uh, nobody is making money. So you can't really I don't know how you can get rent from someone who, you know, is bankrupt. So right. uh, there are shows that will survive. Like I would imagine things like Mormon and Evan Hansen and Wicked will all reopen, but a lot of things that were just sort of, you know, coming up to, you know, barely breaking even, those are gone. I mean, I'm not sure if Town will reopen, even though they won the Tony, it's, uh, it'll just be really interesting. I mean, people are getting notices that, yes, we're still planning to reopen, or people are now getting notices like, uh, I'm so sorry, but this is the end of the road for us. We can't hold on any longer. Molly Brown is not going to reopen, but because we were a limited run anyway. Um, so th that we would have closed, we would have closed a month ago, even as it is. So um, we will not reopen, but we're going to do a cast album. We're going to do a, a podcast of the entire script as well. So. Oh, great. Yeah. It'll be, you know, at least we get to come back together. It was just such a weird way to end relationships too. You know, I'm in the middle of having this, um, you know, love relationship with David Aaron Damane where uh, I go and and make out with him every night. And then it's like, bye, never to be seen again. It was just like the weird, it's been this weird, weird thing. No closure at all. None. But, you know, so that's why we're looking forward to like someday we'll make a cast album. Someday we'll be in the same room together again and we'll all see each other again. It's just so weird. 
how are you thinking about the reopening or the what what the return to to your theater life will look like? Well, I imagine um, if there's a vaccine, it will change everything. But if there isn't a vaccine, um, I don't know what it looks like, and nobody does because you literally cannot envision a world in which people come and sit in an enclosed space together, shoulder to shoulder. And that's what, um, that's Molly Brown. I think the dog. Oh, may we see Molly Brown? Yes. Hang on just a second. Okay. She's, she's very demanding when she wants something. She like, she uses her hands a lot. Come here, child. Come here. She's going to come in. Come here. Hi. Let me see you. Can I see you? Come here. Come here. I got to see you. Oh, she just ran away. She'll be right back. Oh, no. She okay. runs, she comes and goes. She's just got a lot of ideas. She's an independent woman. She's really smart. She does have a lot of ideas and she's too smart for us. We're like, she's, she's definitely the alpha in this. And we've got to fix it. We've got to get some help. <laughs> help us. She doesn't know her name. Oh, well. <laughs> She'll be back. And is Molly the only dog in the house? No, here's Manemina is my other. Oh, you can't see her because of my background. Oh, but yeah, Dinky the Terrible is a Maltese. She weighs eight pounds. And she, um, we had a Chihuahua who we lost last year. So Dinky was alone and mm. she didn't really care. But I thought she, she we, our whole life was becoming about Dinky and it was, it was not healthy. So I thought we should uh-huh. get it. We should get a dog. Not did, for, not just for I, us, but for Dinky. Yeah. Right. Did I hear you refer to Dinky? To- Dinky is Manamana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Manamana. Okay, are we? Mm-hmm. Okay, of course. Because she of course. looks so like thought. that puppet. She she looks like that uh-huh. animal. She looks like that yeah. tiny monster, and she is a little monster. Um, but um, her full name is Dinky the Terrible, because like Ivan the Great. I love it. Or Ivan the Terrible. Uh-huh. She's a terrible, terrible dog as well. So we just <laughs> we we te- we make all of our dogs. Just terrible because we spoil the crap out of them because we have no sure. children. Uh, it's the only way to yeah. do it. Yeah. Hard not to. Hard not to. I uh, I asked about Menomina because uh, uh, a guy named uh, Rod Thomas, who records under the name Bright Light, Bright Light, he's a, he's a, a queer pop genius. Um, it, he um, turned me on to a song from the mid to late 90s. That uses Menomina. No way. As, oh, wow. as it's like driving sample. Oh it my is, God. And I will send it to you on Jeez. Twitter and listener. I will, we will put it up on homophilia pod, uh, the, uh, our it. Twitter feed. It is without a doubt, the worst pop song that has ever been recorded. <laughs> it is, it is very, uh, very objectively bad, but terrible. I can't okay, get well, enough of it. And so well, you said Menomina and it triggered me. So anyway, that's great. You got triggered. I, I think it'd yeah. be good to like, it's a good song to go like running to the Manamana mm-hmm. song. Yeah, it is. This one is not, it's not, no. okay. it's, it's a good no. song to listen to and say, how did this happen? How did this abomination happen to our culture? <laughs> just stick uh, to the original. original. Just stick to the original. Why improve on perfection? Right. Uh, should we take a little break? Let's sure. Do. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Okay.
and we are back with Beth Malone. How are you? I'm good. Have, are you rested? Okay, I'm good. in Colorado, so of course I'm high as fuck. Of course you are. <laughs> Legal weed as far as the eye can see. You could just go into a store and buy it if you want. I'm telling you. Were they deemed essential during the lockdown? Yes. They were in Los Angeles? Us too. Yes. Were they really? It's like liquor stores and pot stores essential. Essential. Yes. Yes. Can't disagree. Really funny. More so than ever. More so than ever. You just want to stay stoned for the rest of the quarantine. That's what the point is. No. I don't think so. I I, I like to be, I like to sleep with it. I I eat some edibles to sleep sometimes. Uh But Mm -hmm. then, I mean, like, it makes, it makes you, it makes me sleep for like 12 hours because I'm not a huge pot user um, that when I do do it, it really, it really helps me. Yeah, I am not either, but we have a ton of luxury weed stuff that I've been sent by PR people. Fantastic. I am not a connoisseur in any way, but, uh, but my boyfriend and I uh, had some a couple of weeks ago. Luxury weed stuff. Luxury weed stuff. Um, we turned on the local news. This was the night of like incredible unrest around uh, the, the country and around the world. Um, we had Oof. the news on mute. We we had Prince's controversy album on the turntable, and it was like this is the scene Brett Easton Ellis forgot to write. Like we're it's, <laughs> we were it was utter chaos. We were it was it was I'm I'm it, it's a moment that'll stick with me for the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't great. Anyway. Yeah. No. That's a digression. Um, so you are uh, you are married. Yes, I am married. Um, Shelly, tell us I, everything. It's it's been interesting. Like uh, quarantine has been good for us to be. You know, because I was in the middle of a show, and when you're in the middle of a show, when I'm in the middle of a show, I'm always like, Shelly, can you just come and be with me, and just like be home when I come home, and just stay with me in New York. You know, we, we have this place in Colorado and also she's a realtor in LA. So, so sometimes she has, but so I'm like, I'd always beg her to just come and just be with me because it's like, especially Molly Brown and angels in America and stuff like that. Those shows are just so demanding and so exhausting that just to have her there, just to have her there is so um, luxurious. Talk about luxury weed. Um, And, 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 you know, it's all about me, 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 me. The, that's what um, those times of our marriage are like. It's like, can you just make this next three months about me, please? Just be here for me. And so what has happened is it's like, that was over. My, my, my time is over. And now it's like, we are together and we're an actual, like, couple where it's equal and she has needs and I have to fill them and that's healthy and good. Um, and it's good for us for, you know, for fairness and for her, especially to be like, okay, you know, now it's, now it's some, now it's Shelly time. And, and, uh, that's important. I mean, we've been married forever. We got married in 1997. So wow. well before any of this like show busy stuff was happening. So we have a deep history of, of, um, how we are together and how our lives are, you know? So the showbiz stuff, we've, we've been able to sort of assimilate it into our already, you know, deep way of being. Um, But it's definitely a shift. It's like, okay, this is a thing I don't know how to do. And I want you to come with me. 
Because if I go and do it without you, I, I, there's no way I am going to be able to catch you up of like this, this new like community of people, this new uh, modality of, of living. Um, I just need you to drop everything. I know it's crazy, but just come with me and do all this. And so she did. She really, really did. And that was a big ask because um, she's a successful realtor in Los Angeles. We have a house there, you know, um, we haven't lived there full time for, you know, probably like four or five years. So uh, we've been bouncing back and forth between New York, LA and Colorado this whole time. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, it's, it's not for everybody, but Shelly and I have made it work and we kind of like it. Now we're sort of like get it itchy if we sit someplace too long. We're sort of like, well, we've been here six months, you know, I think we, it's time to go, you know, I, I don't know, anywhere, somewhere. We're right. not like, um, we're not like um, real nesters, you know, we, we, it's like here we've decided we're going to stay until, until we don't know when right now, because it's so like we got to unpack our suitcase, move into a dresser and put clothes in a closet and sort of, you know, like buy spices you know what I mean? Yeah, things yeah, yeah. that are like long-term things like spices for the spice that's rack. You and, know. Yeah. yeah. That's when, you know, you're, you're here for a while. So it's been sort of nice. I mean, and we're getting older, so it's nice to sort of sit down and, and, um, you know, nest in a place, but it, it shall, I'm more of a person who, who could accumulate like 50 pairs of shoes. Um, Shelly is a minimalist. So, uh, bouncing from, from home to home, works for her because it makes me only have to have like a suitcase of stuff. Um, so I've learned mm-hmm. how to do that and I've learned how to live with just like a, a more simple thing. But if I sit in one place, I start ordering things and that's not so good. I went on Amazon yesterday and I was like, Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> no. so, so you uh, have to outrun yourself. <laughs> I do. I have to sort of like cut myself and off. My connection yeah. is terrible. So I apologize if I, I, missed anything you said, but can you talk about how you and Shelly met? Well, okay. So I came up to Aspen, Colorado to work at this dinner theater to earn a bunch of cash um, because I was engaged to be married to this man. Um, I was really young. I was 22 years old and engaged to be married. So that was already a train wreck. But um, I... You know, I was, I had been living in New York, you know, off and on since I was 18. And I was always looking in what was then the Village Voice and the back page to try and meet a woman. I was, I was like covertly trying to (laughs) hook up with some lady so that I could prove to myself that I was not gay. Um, That's how you do it, I guess, to like prove you're not gay. You really need to have sex with a woman. Um, so that was my, that was my thought at the time. I was like, I better, I better get laid by some lady. So I, so I'm, no, I'm not gay. Uh, I don't think now, straight you, people think like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Did you take out an ad or did you just look? No, I others? didn't take out an ad. I just, I just, okay. uh, I would just try. I, I, I tried going to a, a lesbian bar. Um, I just wasn't very, I wasn't, I didn't have any game. I had no game. Um, and I ended up at like, um, the wrong bar, like it's very specific. And so I ended up at like, um, I think it was like a, a 
mostly Latina night at, at this one, you know, like lesbian, you know, lesbian bars used to take over certain bars. So like it would be um, the clit club is where I ended up going to the clit club in New York. Uh, and, and I was just in over my head and nobody talked to me. And I, I just, I like, I wore a fishing hat, you know what I mean? Because I was trying to look butch or something. I was just, I had no game. It was bad. So I did, I was unsuccessful in getting laid. And then my fiance, you know, my boyfriend at the time came and asked me to marry him. And I was like, yes. I mean, that to me still kind of like, I think it was just like, I just didn't have another answer except for like, it was almost like rude to not say yes. Um, but it wasn't like I didn't love him. I really, really, really loved him. I mean, he was, sure. I still love him. He's, he's an amazing guy, but um, there's no way I was getting married to him. So um, yeah. And then I moved up to Aspen anyway. So I moved up to Aspen to earn money to pay for that wedding. That was still like a year away. And uh, there was Aspen's gay ski week. Have you heard of that? Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. So I uh, I went to it, and I I saw Shelley literally like across a crowded room. My wife, my current wife, I uh, met at Aspen Gay Ski Week in 1993. Sorry, that was wow. really loud. Wow. Yeah. Oh my! It's 1993. So CC Peniston is is banging <laughs> on the sound system. Yes, you know it. I love it. So you saw her across the room. What? Who made the first? I move? went over and I said, "Hi, I would like to get have sex with a girl before I get married. Um, want to? Like literally, <laughs> that was my pickup line." And she said, "No, but uh, we'll, we'll go skiing together. I'll go skiing with you." So then we started sort of like skiing together, and ah, uh, and that was just so romantic. I mean, we had this whirlwind sort of flirtation and then like she kissed me on the ski slope you know it was like that and and then I broke up with Mike um I broke up with Mike on Valentine's Day I know just bad 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 and was he blindsided or blindsided absolutely blindsided and it was cruel and it was the only way I could have done such a thing is if I was madly crazy in love with somebody right. else. And that's, that's the, that's what happened. I was madly crazy in love and we hadn't even had sex yet. Like she hadn't even invited me over, which took a long time for her to invite me. It seemed like forever, I guess, but it wasn't, I guess that long, but um, yeah. So I, uh, I did it and it was very painful and very like lots and lots of tears. And then, um, I was just, you know how I was just in that dizzy state. I wasn't even, I didn't, I wasn't even in my right mind. I was so in love, you know, and I was mm. just like, I would have done anything. I would have, I would have, you know, I, I, my, my parents disowned me. They had disowned me for seven years. Um, seven years. Wow. yeah. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of horrible pain and anguish and Shelly was out, but her parents weren't thrilled about it um either so both you know those early years i wouldn't i wouldn't go back and have to just do all that shit again i just am so glad all that stuff is behind us because now our families i mean we've been together 
forever. And so we're just like the old lesbian ants now. So it, we're just, that is, and, and that is my sort of, um, my hope for our people is to just normalize, normalize, normalize it so that people don't have to do what we had to do and all that stuff we had to do and all the pain and drama around something that should be absolutely wonderful. You know, everyone right. who gets to fall in love and gets to feel that feeling, it's the best feeling in the world. And straight people just get that. And everybody rallies around that couple and celebrates them. And you get that plus a whole bunch of social acceptance. You know, you get that madly in love feeling. Plus you get the world celebrating you. And that's not fucking fair. <laughs> I, that mm. is why I just want that for us more and more and more. And I think that's where we're headed. I feel like, oh, good. Matt met somebody. I'm so excited for him. Aren't they cute together? You know, that's what that's what we want. Um, so that's right. why live your life really openly. That's why um, move right into the middle of the suburbs and buy a house. That's why you don't move to a gay ghetto. You you know, that's why I want to just I want to. Um, you know, of course, there's gay flight, and I'm totally guilty of it. You are born in the middle of the country, and you go to the coast, right? Yeah. So I, I did that. Um, I don't know where you guys were born, but you're in L.A. now. St. Louis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. No, so that's, not, that's too not much. a lot there. It's too, right. mu- it's too bad. It's, it's not that you want to be in St. Louis. You, I mean, I love St. Louis. St. Louis is actually a really lovely town. I've worked at the Muni a it couple is. times, and they have a oh, great oh, – oh. The Those Muni. hot August nights in oh, makeup. Get it. How forget do you do it? Get it. Oh, God. We did Molly Brown there, and it was 98 degrees at places. And oh. we were dressed in like winter clothes because we're supposed to be in Leadville, Colorado. It's supposed to be freezing. And we were literally pouring water on ourselves, pouring, pouring water oh. on our costumes to make entrances so we wouldn't die. Mark Kudish was freezing his underwear at intermission and putting unfrozen oh, underwear. Disgusting. Yeah. A. Disgusting. But, but also bitten up by oh, mosquitoes. I can't. I no, can't but imagine. the Muni is amazing. I mean, the Muni is. It is. I just, it's a great theater. Yeah. I did um, Matilda there last summer and it was a whole different Ooh, thing nice. because we were in the, it was in the eighties. The eighties right. is a whole different thing than the nineties. It was just like, at it was night. it was dangerous. Like we had a a girl in the show was pregnant, and I was like, "This baby's going to come out like a hard boiled egg." <laughs> she's okay. The baby's beautiful, and she's she's wonderful. But um, yeah. I was yeah. worried for that child. I was like, "Oh, too hot." Yeah. So where where did you grow up? From Castle where Rock. did you do Castle your Rock, gay Colorado? Yeah, gay okay. flight from Castle Rock, Colorado for sure. It's really Castle Rock is a, a Republican enclave now. It's a it's a real red. Um, district. It's a red voting district. Um, It's just north of Colorado Springs, which is one of the most conservative spots on the planet. Uh, Somehow, I don't don't know how Colorado Springs ended up, but that's where like um, Focus on the Family is from and all of that. So, and that's where, did you see um, Black Klansman, that movie, Black Klansman? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. takes place in Colorado Springs and it's like, that shit is real down there. It's really weird. It's a really weird vibe because you have a lot of military yeah. around, but you know, being in the military, you should not necessarily mean that you have a lot of uh, conservative uh, attitudes, but it, it somehow one, one sort of seems to follow the other. 
And is that where your parents still are? No, they are now in a different red bubble um, in Fruta, Colorado. So Fruta is on the, the border of um, Utah. It's pretty much okay. where Colorado and Utah come together uh, right off of I-70. But Fruta is a really interesting town because it's very mountain bikey. So you've got this mm. like hippie mountain bike groovy contingency. And my friends, Ann and Jen, um, have opened a pizza place right in the middle of it. This lesbian couple, this really out, really smart, progressive lesbian couple. And they have transformed the town. They have transformed wow. the town of Fruta from, from the inside out um, by being out being um, successful business owners and having the best pizza for like hundreds of miles around. They, they, they make this gourmet pizza that people come from all over the place to get wow. because gay people are the best and they cook really good. That's exactly right. right. <clears throat> and, and I wonder whether it's because, I mean, I a hundred percent believe that gay people are better and I, and I wonder <laughs> whether it isn't because of that pain and agony and confusion of not having it been normalized. You know, I, w- I wonder truly oh, whether the gays 30 years from now won't live in Colorado Springs and be just as conservative. Boring. Not, not all. I know, you know. I know. I worry about that too, because like part of what, what uh, distills a, a community is like pain. It's a, it's a community mm-hmm. that's been distilled through pain. Um, and that makes us, compassionate and complicated and artistic and, um, you know, interesting, much more flavorful, much more interesting, um, than gave us our superpower. Right. Then straight people don't have to have all of these skills of, of, uh, you know, how to get, how to get through life. Um, but, um, I still, I still want it for us. I still want it for us. Yeah, I agree. Even, even if it means, you know, losing. I have to go over here because my computer's dying. I'm going to charge okay. it. I'm going to plug it in. Um, but even I love that you're means, walking, but it's you're still, you're like floating. <laughs> you're Sandra Bullock in gravity right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hello. This is Shelly. Hi, Shelly. You must be Shelly. We've heard so That's, much about you. Oh. And she's doing real estate, so I have to not bug her, but um, I am stealing the charger. Stealing the charger. There she is. Bye, baby. There's Molly Brown. Here, wait. I'll show you Molly Brown. I can't wait. Since I'm here. Meeting all the stars. There she is. Wait, can you show yourself? See, it's... She's like a mirage. (gasps) There she is. Hi. Hi. See how she looks like a husky? Yeah. She does. She does look like a mini husky. husky. It's so cute. Mini husky. I know. She's like a miniature husky. And she's terrible. Oh, I, love her. I love her. I forgive her. I forgive her everything. That's why she, she gets can away do with whatever everything. Whatever she wants. She can do whatever, whatever she, she wants. wants because she's and ridiculously cute. And she knows how to be cute. She knows how to be cute. So she really works us. Yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now my computer is going to live. Sorry about that. Oh, good. Good. No, it's okay. There are Maybe no apologies in this moment. Edit no. that crap right out of it. Can you edit stuff? Yeah, of course, but the, this is Absolutely. all the it's a slice of life. Yeah. Slice of life, it really was. Ooh, sorry about that. That's okay. So you experienced your your early years of outness were all you were in a relationship for most of that when all some of, of your it. peers were sort yeah. of you know 
Uh, yeah, we. I mean, Shelly and I had our ups and downs in the early years. There was a lot of breaking up over the over, in the first three years. There was, but she was always the breaker upper, and I was the dumpy mm-hmm. um, because she didn't plan on being gay. She just thought like she would back in back in those days there was there was this attitude of like i'm going to just have my fun and then of course i'm going to get married to a guy you know that was that was not an uncommon um you know sort of modality back in those days I, or at least it wasn't uncommon here in colorado I, I, where where i the community that i found myself in that was sort of a thing people did i guess but um for me, as soon as I finally got it, um, I was not going back. Like for me, I was not going, I was never going to go back. Um, but for Shelly, you know, she had started earlier with her, with her other relationships with women and stuff and always dated men, but always kind of had a girlfriend on the side, you know, mm. that sort of thing back in the nineties, you know, eighties. Sure. So, um, it just wasn't as accepted it, back then. It just, it was not, it wasn't cool yet. It wasn't like common. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. It was still very, it was, it was the eighties. It was the nineties. So it was really different. Um, but, um, you know, I was always all in, you know, I was always all in as far as, um, you know, going back to having a boyfriend wasn't even like on the table for me. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. never just, I'm, I'm gay for Shelly. It was. No, no, yeah. no. I'm especially like, gay for Shelly, these... but I'm gay no matter what. Yeah, I'm for sure. Gay. Yeah. Um, like there was all these reasons to be gay, like all these political reasons and social reasons and like reactionary reasons, like, Oh, maybe you men did this to you or you, it's a reaction um, of like not men but it, for me, it was not that it was like going towards something, absolutely going towards something. And then like, finally, once I got in bed with a woman, which was Shelly, I was like, this is what I always suspected I was missing. And mm-hmm. like that, that sort of, um, th- that it was just like a 100% yes for me. Like, yep, this is it. It wasn't like, um, you know, because I was people always were trying to make it about something else. And I was like, no, no, it's about, it's about the naked girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how were you with like the cultural aspects? Like, I did you feel when you walked into the cultural aspect okay. of it? Like for yeah. me, that was an added bonus. Like you had this, this like club you were suddenly in, in the sisterhood. And I loved it. And especially um, up here because we were, you know, there was there was this really, really amazing group of just hardcore mountain lesbians up here that suddenly I was cool enough to even just like sort of be in that uh, room with them. And I just revered yeah. them. They were just like really amazing women, um, just strong, fierce, athletic, badass mountain women up here that are that we're all just friends with each other because they all dated each other. It was really incestuous at the time. I missed all that because they were all older, but, um, uh, you know, it was just like a really super cool group to suddenly be accepted into. And that was also part of the allure of it was, was the community uh, also. 
you know, and then I went to gay pride. Like sometimes when I would be dumped and single, I, I got a puppy. Like I got this puppy once when Shelly had dumped me and his name is Harvey and I loved him. Oh my God. I love this. He was a white chihuahua. I had him for years. Um, but mm-hmm. one time, like when he was a baby, I went to pride with my best friend, Marianne. She and I, she, and see, I ended up in college, um, having a roommate who ended up being a lesbian. So she, she came out first and I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, my roommate's a lesbian. But I was like, so repressed, even though I had sort of like come out to myself in high school, I just was like, I couldn't believe my luck of like being, you know, suddenly in this, in this roommate situation with a girl who just happened to have this lesbian past, you know, and, and she, she had, she had gone to an all girls Catholic school in, in, um, Canyon city, Colorado and had an affair with one of the nuns throughout high school. I know it was so illicit and so crazy. And I was like, wow, she's this wild woman. And, and so she was my really good friend and uh, she's still my best friend, Miriam. And, um, so she, she started, she was dating men when we met, but then she started like not wanting to tell me, but she started seeing women again. And I was like, what is going on with you? And she was like, okay, I, I'm seeing this girl. I'm like, what? And then I went to this lesbian party with her and I was totally freaked out. And, you know, it, it was a long journey. Like coming out was just a long journey. There was a long, long trajectory of me going, oh my God, oh my God, you know gay people i was just raised on a ranch you know what i mean so like to to be to be out to myself was just mortifying mortifying it was just it wasn't even it wasn't uh, a small thing it was and just like to sort of come out incrementally to everyone who had ever known me as a child you know it was just such a big deal because because of where i came from holy cow that's kind of a fantasy scenario in a lot of ways I mean, the, the stories. Yes. Oh, oh, no. I, I know it's not the point, but I, I do need an update on the nun. Is she still oh, yeah. in the order? Do we she, know? Um, she left the order. She, she didn't. That's um, for the best. Yes. Yeah, she, she was an act. She was a novice. She wasn't uh-huh. a full on nun. And okay. um, she had had a sort of um, physical relationship with a few of the girls. Uh-huh. Wow. At this. Okay. Catholic girls school in, in Canyon city, Colorado and Canyon city. If you know, Colorado, it's a small, small town, really Catholic. You know where Canyon city is? It's like by Salida. I, um, I don't know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know where that, but who's from Boulder? Who's from Boulder? Oh, it was Ryan. That maybe it was, Ryan. it was Ryan. Okay, yeah, producer. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking to okay. you guys like, you know, Colorado. Um, Get yeah, in here, Ryan. Ryan, let's show your, show yourself. Show yourself. <laughs> you know where Canyon City is, right? Yeah, it's like south. No, no, no. Canyon City is like, it's sort of in the south of south of Colorado Springs and then west and then going west. Yeah, so it's that area. It's not a, it's not like a populated area to be, you know, but there was this all Catholic girls school. And there was this one. Yeah. Her name is Sister Jane. Sister Jane. Sister Jane. I love everything about this story. (laughs) And I want to see this movie. I'm ready for this movie. I know. And Marianne would like go and smoke cigarettes behind the gym with Sister Jane. And it was just like such, it was like a, it was like pulpy. It was like a pulp novel. Yeah. 
Marianne oh lived God. it. I know. That's why she was, I was like, you're my best friend instantly. Mm. When we went to magic is real. Magic is real. Beth Mullen. Yes, it is. We might need to uh, ask you to connect us with Marianne so we can yes. get the full story. Oh and God. sister Jane, sweet, sweet <gasps> sister Jane. I wonder who yeah. she is. I wonder if we could find her. I wonder what her life is like. I wonder so many things. Same, same. <laughs> I've never even seen her. And I'm like, I need constant updates on her well-being. I wonder. Oh my God. Beth Malone, you, I could seriously talk to you all day. Well, I have stories. I have some stories. I love it. I love it. Come back. All right. Will you Thank please? You for having me. Yes. This was really fun. It, seriously, check your Twitter in like 10 minutes. I'm going to send okay. you the worst song you've ever heard. Thank you. Thank you, Barry. Awesome. I need it. Awesome. Beth, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.